Welcome back to the Renaissance and the Comedy Podcast with reflections on Dante's life, work, and the divine comedy. My name is Richard, and I will be your host today. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the creation of the angels, as how Dante describes it in Canto 29 of the Paradise. So he's going through the the when and the why and the where of how the angels were created and according to this nine levels of angelical beings as described in Dionysius and also then what gives the structure for the paradise. So we just got to, we wrote an article, an uh, essay post on the dantedscomedy.com website. So we're just going to read the, the essay first and then we're going to discuss some of this. There are some interesting things there about like how to try to understand what they meant with, uh, with the angels, something more like forces or uh, kind of almost like concepts or ideas of, for example, love and knowledge. So the essay is called The Creation of the Angels. In Canto 29, Dante describes the origins of the angelic beings as Beatrice can see in the eternal mind that the pilgrim has some questions. Firstly, the argument is that the angels were created in order to reflect and resplendor the divine glory throughout all of being and existence, subsisto, in their different natures. Therefore, new loves blossomed from the eternal love. Secondly, as for the when, Beatrice explains that the angels, the heavens and the earthly were all created at the same time like, quote, three arrows from a three-stringed bow, end quote. This threefold creation was, quote again, rayed into existence all at once, without beginning, with no interval. And there was no before this, as time is not a part of eternity. Thirdly, the angelic beings' forces were created in the Empyrean, and Dante describes how there are more of them than the doubling of the chessboard, meaning more than 18 billion billion. A very interesting idea is how the angels are practicing their art, quote, with such delight they take no time to pause, but whirl forever, end quote. So even if there is no time or change, there is still movement and activity in the Empyrean. One way to ponder this is the billions of manifestations of love or knowledge every day in the earthly life, as actualizations of the angelic forces that are still timeless and unchangeable, but active and whirling. So with this, Beatrice as theology has explained the where and when and how of the angelic beings. And the canto ends with some incredible poetry about how the angelic nature is going so far beyond the scale of mortal numbers that there is no word or concept that can reach that far. The primal light shines down through all of them and penetrates them in as many ways as there are splendors with which it may mate. The final verses reflect the opening torset of Paradiso once again, as the pilgrim now can see the breath of eternal goodness that divides itself into these countless mirrors that reflect itself, meaning one as it was always. The glory is penetrating and reflected in the whole of the universe, in some parts less and in some parts more. 
So the last part there is the it's just a rephrasing of the opening of the paradise in the first canto. Uh, okay, so this was a description of of uh, how like the the angelology, like the, the the theory or like the the knowledge about the angels as Dante is describing them. So a bit of the practical way of looking at this is that if you see th these forces as kind of dynamics or um, things, concepts, forces that shape things, like we said in the beginning, with love or with knowledge. You also have uh, dominions, like with the territories, and uh, also the angels that are just kind of small messengers of uh, of something of the divine, of goodness, for example. You could see, there's a way of looking at this, that you can have this way, this perspective, as an active way of looking at the world. So if you see, if you walk down the street and you see some kindness or you see uh, some acts of love, for example, you see two people that are very kind of <laughs> attracted to each other, you could see that as manifestations of the concepts of, for example, then like goodness or of love. And in the medieval frame of mind, that would be a manifestation of these spiritual realities. So you can kind of have that as a filter or something you, you see in the scene before you as an active part of your perception. So it's a bit like if you just look outside in the room you're in and then you can see many dimensions of that at once, or so perspectives, let's say, like you can see the shapes, you can see colors at once. There you at least have two things you see at once. You can also see a depth. You might also see a lot of other things like what objects might mean to you. Or if you look at a landscape or if you look at a cityscape, you can see like there's an old town, you can see historical things. You can see lots of um, other layers of, of meaning or of influences that are a part of what you're experiencing. So that's one way to think of how they looked at kind of this spiritual <laughs> aspect of what you see. And then uh, in this hierarchy of Dionysius, then love and knowledge are the two ones at the top that you will likely see most of, or that kind of that could be uh, having the biggest influence in many cases on things. So that's just one way of trying to grasp that it's not about like fantasy uh, babies with, with wings in the heavens. It's just uh, dynamics or things that are a part of our way of, of living. They are part of life. And then it's, it's a very different way of looking at this. But it goes in some ways back to this basic idea that starts a little bit in purgatory, but even more in paradise, especially after the moon, that you can, you can use two different frames of mind almost to to perceive the world around you or reality and then you can keep them active at the same time and this goes really to the heart of renaissance that you you have the arts you have the sciences you use both parts of your brain at the same time in harmony and then that creates this who uh, can create this kind of <laughs> uh, explosion of beauty and uh, and just a much more living and richer experience and kind of quality of or substance of of just being in itself okay so that was about eight minutes on this uh so this is just like the summary that dante is making about angelology and 
and uh, the angels. And it's also interesting, there's other things here with like their kind of the raid into existence all at once and that if you wanted to think about what was before, then you're back to this, well, for eternity, the before well, is not going to make any sense. So we're going to keep this on uh, under 10 minutes. So uh, hope some of this was interesting, some food for thought. If you have any any comments, any ideas, uh, then just you can go to dantescomedy.com and just leave a comment on the essay there. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. So hope some of this was food for thought and see you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to A Journey with Dante. If you enjoyed some of this, you can listen to the other episodes or also go to our YouTube channel, which is called A Journey with Dante. And you can also support us and get extra materials at patreon.com slash ancientworld. Thank you so much for listening and see you again in another episode.